This is Laundry with Lila with your host, Laura, the podcast that's delivering you your weekly dose of girl chat. All right, team, now that I have my wine, welcome to the very first episode of Laundry with Lala. We have an extraordinary guest with me today, someone that has had a huge positive impact on my life and how I understand my body and soul. Her name is Amy D. She's a psychic, clairvoyant, as well as an energy and spiritual healer who's a background in the beauty world. Her support sessions are all around body, mind, soul, and sex. Amy can tune intuitively into your energy and heal any part that needs it. She can find out how you are feeling, what is going on with your world, and through this she'll help you have a deeper understanding of the paths you can take. Amy also believes that sexuality is the missing piece in holistic health and has spent a lot of time understanding sexual energy and how that can impact our day-to-day life. On top of all of that, Amy is a mum to a beautiful boy, Sky, and is currently one of the many Kiwis trying to get back from overseas during COVID restrictions. So with the introduction out of the way, let's get stuck into my chat with the amazing Amy D. Thank you so much for joining me, Amy, on my first ever recording of my podcast. You're welcome. I'm excited. So really, I mean, obviously the obvious question is, um, how did you get into this? Like, how how did you come about this ability? Like, when did you discover this? Um, yeah, take us through your journey and your life, really. Yeah, cool. Um, so I, I guess, like, for me, my belief is that everybody's intuitive. Everybody can do what I do. Um, but it's like one of those things, you know, how... Some people are naturally talented at, say, music, and they're like amazing pianists. And they practice and they practice and they practice and they grow these these skills till they're perfect and they're, they're well, not perfect, that's not the right words, but they just grow their skills to be a professional at what they do. It's the same with psychic skills. Everybody has the ability to tap into what I do. Um, but... Um, it is stronger in some people than others and it's sometimes a natural talent for some and some people have to work on it so it is something that everyone can do Mm -hmm. but it's also not something that I've always done so Mm -hmm. when I was younger um, I think I started having people cross my path um, when I was around I think 19 was my first official experience Um, I had I was working as a beauty therapist I just qualified as a beauty therapist um, and I was partying up a storm and I was hungover one day and I wasn't meant to be working. Um, but my work called me and they wanted me to come in and do, do these massages. And, um, I was like, kind of, I was in normal circumstances. I would have said no, because I was like, you know, that hungover state where you're like literally mm-hmm. shaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and but for some reason, I was just like, okay, I'll come in. And I went in and did these couple of massages. And um, I massaged the guy first, so it was a couple. And then I massaged the lady, and she just started, like, rattling off all these things about me. And this is before I'd ha- – I think I just started reading Calvin Crookshank's book, who's um, a psychic medium in New Zealand. <laughs> and so I had had these, like, knowings of spirituality all through my childhood. Like, my parents were 
you know, from the Coromandel Peninsula, they grew up, I grew up knowing about crystals and like woo-woo things through play centre and things when I was little. And then, um, you know, as a teenager, um, <laughs> as a teenager, you know, we used to play like witches with um, my friends, like when I was a young teenager. <laughs> and we used to like try and make each other levitate off the floor and things like that. So I always had like interest in it and we had like my, my dad's um pendulum we used to like play with it and stuff and just did you have any it. did you have any um, luck with the, uh, I, the levitating <laughs> oh yeah definitely success with the levitating um, <laughs> 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 and it was funny it was like um i don't know what that movie is but there's that movie where they were like they put their fingers underneath their, mm-hmm. their friend's body and they levitated them i can't remember like, the witches or something um yeah, something like that, or like, um, oh, I don't know, there was that teenage movie, I can't, it was like The Craft or something, I can't remember, mm-hmm. but um, so we always like mucked around with things like that, so I was aware of it, and when I was younger, we did have some interesting experiences with the pendulum, so like, a couple of predictions that came true, but I just was like, nah, shrugged it off as nothing, mm-hmm. um, and as I grew into a teenager, obviously that fell away, I just started being more focused on boys and partying and like things like that so never really paid attention mm-hmm. um and yeah so then I messaged this lady and then she started rattling all this stuff off about me without you know with no prompting she just started saying oh you have two sisters and I was like that's weird why is she talking to me during a massage for one and then she started talking about all these things and then she came out that she's like you know I'm actually a medium it doesn't things don't come through me usually like this um but are you happy for me to you know bring some messages through and I was a bit scared to be honest and I was you know even reading Calvin Crookshank's book I was scared I was scared of spirituality I was scared of spirit um but I said yeah okay like bring bring through the messages and yeah she brought through a few different messages but at the end she's like you know you're clairvoyant you're meant to be doing this work and I was like, whatever, oh, like, didn't believe her. I was like, oh, yeah, ha, 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 like, kind of laughed it off. Um, thought it was weird, but was like, I have never had a spiritual experience. I don't know what she's talking about. Um, and then fast forward probably about five years, that was kind of like my first encounter with, with a medium trying to wake me up. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, then I had, I worked with a mentor when I was about 24 and she was an intuitive mentor and she said the same thing. She was like, you're clairvoyant. You can do this work. You're meant to be doing this work. This is what you're meant to be doing. And I was like, "Mm, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Never seen anything, never experienced anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I moved to the UK and then things started to change. Um, I believe it's because I was, away from everything that I thought I had to be and everything that I'd taught, been taught to be and taught to believe in. Um, and I was just at the time, you know, I was getting into healthy eating. I was doing lots of yoga. Um, I'd worked with my spiritual mentor. I had a few different, like, um, spiritual readings and stuff just out of interest. And then one day, um, yeah, I just had a really strong, clear, what I call a clear audience experience. Um, so clear audiences, so clairvoyance is clear seeing. It's the most common clear, but clear audiences, clear um, hearing. And 
um, I had a really, really strong clear audience experience one night. I was meant to be going out with my girlfriends. Um, well, I did go out with my girlfriends, but one was coming down from London. So I was living in Brighton in England. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, she was coming over and um, I was meant to hear from her and I didn't get a text and she was late and it was getting later and later. And I was living at the time on the top floor like of a, like a four kind of like apartment building and our front door was at the bottom floor but I had my door open anyway for whatever reason my bedroom door and she had a message and I was starting to worry I was like maybe her phone's died she's never been here before and I was starting to get a bit worried and then I heard her voice like say does Amy live here and I was like oh oh she's here I was like Meg's here and I was like Meg Meg and I I was I swore that she was downstairs on the bottom floor of my um, building and my my flatmate at the time she was a bit of a dick and um, she didn't let people like strangers into the house <laughs> so I thought she was gonna I thought she'd locked Meg out so I ran down and I'm like screaming Meg's name all the way down the stairs my flatmate's like on the second floor looking at me weird like what the hell why are you screaming this girl's name out I genuinely just had heard her voice say oh does Amy look here I've come to see Amy and I was like Meg I'm here I'm coming I'm coming like running down running down the stairs get to the bottom she's not there and I was like that's fucking weird and I was like oh and then I opened the front door and I was like Meg what the hell and I was like just about to walk back inside and like rip my flatmate to shreds because I thought she had like locked my locked my friend out of the house (laughs) and then I um look across the road and she's walking in the opposite direction means across the road walking in the opposite direction um and I was like what the hell is she doing over there and I ran over and I was like oh my god I'm so sorry my flatmate locked you out of the house and she's like what no I I haven't been at your house I I didn't know where you lived and my phone's died and I was like what the fuck and I just got it was so strong that I knew I was either schizophrenic yeah I was either (laughs) schizophrenic or I was waking the fuck up to spirituality um and yeah so then from there that was kind of like the very start of my well not the very start but the start of my awakening and I just from there I couldn't ignore it because it was either be crazy or be spiritual no that's so like I have yeah. I have goosebumps like it's so I just find your work obviously we've had sessions together and um we're now friends as well yeah. which is amazing yeah, um, yeah. but our sessions mm-hmm. as well are just incredible like things that you pick up on it's just um yeah it's so uh, your work is just yeah I can't even explain like put it into words I just find it so incredible that you're so I don't know if you're lucky or or what it is but um I guess lucky to be able to show your gifts to other people and Uh, help other people yeah definitely lucky like I I definitely feel blessed being able to do this work um but don't get me wrong like there's a shadow side of psychic abilities you know There, Mm -hmm. there is a shadow side that people people don't really um don't necessarily see they see the amazing sides um and I see it with other psychic mediums you know like I've been to Carlton Crookshank's shows and stuff like that and all different people that inspire me but there is this heavy side that you have to work through to to be able to do this work but it's amazing it's such a blessing Mm -hmm. um but it is um yeah it does have its, its shadow aspects that 
um, I think people people don't want to go through, so mm. that's why they don't end up doing this work because it's like you really have to face yourself and you're continually like through my clients as well, through the guidance I bring through my clients, I end up, you know, having to face stuff that I need to work through in my life and, and vice versa. So, but yeah, it's, um, it's definitely been a journey. And um, I also just want to note, like, once I did wake up, um, you know, I look back at my life up until that moment and I said, I saw so clear, so much clearer how I had always been doing this work and how intuition had always been there. Like I had that really strong experience that I just told you about that my intuition in general isn't always like that. Spirit doesn't always work that loud. Quite often it's very subtle and it's a subtle knowing. So um, I think no one taught me that. No one, no one talks about it. And with intuition, nobody... Nobody teaches, it's a suppressed skill. Mm-hmm. It's a skill that people are scared of and mm-hmm. people don't talk about. So people don't practice it and people don't acknowledge it. But the reality is communicating with spirit, which I have done in the past, um, gaining psychic gu- guidance, um, tuning into yourself. It's all quite subtle. It's very, it's quite quiet. You have to practice quieting your mind to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um and it's not, I used to think like psychic mediums saw a ghost in the corner of the room, you know, like with their physical eyes. Mm-hmm. I used to think they like were just sitting there, but <laughs> they're not most of the time. Like for me anyway, it's not like that. It's um, it's in this third eye area, you know, and it, a lot of my visions almost feel like imagination. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really learning to trust. And I mean, after I had my spiritual awakening, I, I was lucky enough to already have teachers in my life and to come across more spiritual teachers that were really grounded and earthy and not super scary and woo-woo because for me, I would never have gone down this path if I had teachers that were too far witchy, you know, like Mm -hmm. I like to be human as well. So um, I needed that groundedness. But yeah, um, luckily I had teachers in my path to teach me teach me about my skills and I think that's why I do this work you know because I feel like when I very first woke up there it was hard trying to find teachers it was hard trying to find teachers that were just normal women um not not going too far into the world but could could communicate it to me in a way that was healthy and and balanced um yeah, so I was lucky, but not everyone's lucky and finds a good teacher. Um, yeah. And it can be you know, misdiagnosed and all different things, yeah. Yeah, no, you are so amazing. Like, that's why I had to have you on because you're so grounded and so – um, like so relatable as well, even though you do have this special gift. You know, like, like mm. I said, we're, we're friends now mm. because you are so relatable and just so yeah. easy to talk to and obviously – having those sessions with your clients, you need to be, you know, you become so vulnerable in those sessions. You quite often, well, myself anyway, I cry and you're bringing up things that people don't want to deal with. It's the shit. It's the fucked up stuff that they just don't want to face just yet. You're bringing it all up for them. Um, So it's so awesome because you're so, you know, easy. Um, That that obviously goes on to what, like, what, what is it that you actually do in sessions? I know they're so different and they vary person to person, but yeah. What do you kind of do in your sessions? Um, I 
Um, so obviously, like you've worked with me, so you know that they're customized. Every single session is different. Every session is different than I do, and that's because I am intuitively based. Um, I could never, like, I see some psychics, like, make a list of, like, all these different options of services, but for me personally, the way I work, I just could never do that because, like, I never know what's going to happen in a session, to be honest. Um, I do, I know... Um, I do have a focus on sex, so sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I say a focus on sexuality, to me, sexuality is not just the having of sex. It's life, because life and sex are so deeply intertwined. It's something that I think people have never acknowledged to be that way, and people see sex and life so separate. But it's my main focus is to try and bring spirituality and life and sex back into a knowing of holistic health because it is all intertwined to our holistic health. But, um, yeah, so uh, an average session, usually I will start the session by explaining a little bit about myself and then I tune into your energy. I ask you kind of like to hold your questions off to kind of like mid-session. Um, I just tune into the energy about what's going on. And this this is purely because I need to make a connection with your energy. I need to make a, a connection with your higher self. And also it gives you kind of more confidence in me and also in the guidance that I'm bringing through mm-hmm. for you, mm-hmm. that I'm not just talking shit and mm-hmm. that I've Googled you or anything like that. Because <laughs> quite often details will come through that you're like, mm, she, <laughs> she couldn't know these things about me. Mm-hmm. Um and it's not to, it's, and also like, I used to struggle with this idea of psychics, but it's not to be like, oh, see, I'm amazing, I'm psychic. It's not about that. It's you trying to build that trust and spirit and that any supportive guidance comes through. Because sometimes I have to bring through some pretty heavy shit. Mm-hmm. And, and if that's the case, the only way you're going to have trust in that guidance is if you trust in the spiritual connection that I'm having. So, you know, I'm not just talking shit and I'm not just, having my egoic opinion this is this is coming from source so that's why I tap into you first and then um kind of mid-session we start talking about what's actually coming up for you you can you know um elaborate sometimes even when I'm tuning in I'll ask you like you know does that make sense because for me I'm still human I want to make sure I'm on the right track I'm not just rambling out of my ass um and then we go into questions and then from there the session just develops and it just yeah continues on and usually at the very end, I do a bit of energy work, even online, like you experienced the other day. We can we can access that, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the energy work is usually through visualization um, and meditation, but also I, on my side, I'm I'm doing energy healing. So energy healing doesn't have to be physical because it's energy; it's not a physical thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. And how do you? How my um... average session work? But... And with the tapping in, how do you yeah. do it? Do you like meditate? Do you um, like dance? Do you like just listen? Like, how do you normally tap into your clients? Again, it probably differs, but normally your way. Yeah. Um. So when I, so I guess for the average person who wants to tap in, um, the different practices that I did at the start of my journey are different to what I do now. So I understand how to tap in now because mm-hmm. I've been doing it for six years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can do it without doing meditation or dance or lifting my vibe and things like that. Like I can sit down if I want to with a with someone and be like, 
you know, I st- I do this thing called heart steps and I step down from my mind into into like the back of my heart, like my human self does. Mm-hmm. So I can clear a brain through guidance and and it just looks like, you know, I'm not doing anything. I'm just like tapping in. But for somebody who wants to start doing this, um, I would recommend starting a really strong meditation practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that sounds boring, but I swear to God, if, if you want to do this work, it does take discipline and it takes takes you working on a muscle the same as if you wanted to, like, get toned at the gym. You have to go to the gym. It's the same with intuition and it's the same with your sex life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so meditation is amazing. Dance is amazing. So I use dance as a, as a meditative practice, um, an embodied practice. So you can um, – the way you want to – do your dancing if you do want to use it like a meditative practice. You want to set the intention before you even start dancing. Um, so set the intention, say whatever, doesn't matter about words, it's just about intention. So just saying something like, you know, higher people, please bring guidance through me as I dance. Um, please clear my energy for the highest good and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you choose your music you can either choose it or sometimes I just like to shuffle it and just see what songs come up um because usually the lyrics or the or the tune or something will trigger messages in you mm-hmm. um and then I just set the intention to like dance for three songs or dance for one song whatever works um just anything to help clear the muck of the mind ultimately mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um that's that's a practice to prepare you but when you actually tap in, um, that's a whole other thing that you kind of that I couldn't teach you in one session right now. But um, <laughs> you you just kind of have to have to practice stepping into your heart space ultimately, stepping away from the human mind because your human mind, especially when you're trying to get guidance for yourself. I was talking to a client about this the other day. Um, it's a lot harder to get guidance for yourself than it is for other people because mm-hmm. you've got your ego in there. You know, you've got your wants and you've got your dreams all all in your mind. And so it's easy for us to manipulate the guidance because, as I said, the ego and the soul sound very similar and there's very subtle differences. So, um, yeah, with intuition, you'll notice it because it just drops in out of nowhere mm-hmm. and there's no fear attached to it. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 those knowings that will drop in and and you'll just know that something's going to happen or you'll feel that something's going to happen or you'll see a vision and you'll just know that they're, they're showing you a message. But it doesn't have fear attached to it and it, it feels slightly different than your egoic wants, um, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. And obviously with you touching, like, um, I was about to say touching people, <laughs> don't touch people, but with you tapping, <laughs> with you tapping into people and bringing up their energy and that kind of thing, how does that, after a session, how does that actually make you feel? Like, do, do you bring on um, some of their negative stuff, like obviously touching their energy and that kind of thing? Um, and how do you kind of prepare to get back into your normal life? Like you're a mom, that kind of thing. Um, how do you wash it away or how does that all work? Yeah. Yeah. So energy clearing is amazing for anyone to practice. Um, I do it myself after a session. I always thank my higher people. So, um, it's really important if you do want to do this work that you don't attach to the, the names of things, the names of energy 
um, like God, higher, uh, higher power, divine, whatever. Um, for me, I had to work through these these blocks um, myself, like angels and spirit guides. For me, it always felt a little bit uncomfortable, but now I now I relate to God and angels and spirit guides easily because I've worked through that that block I had around the name. But um, yeah, so energy clearing is how I would how I'd recommend people clear uh, ridding themselves of any any energy that you have picked up during the day. But that's how I do it also. So. The way you do that is just visualizing white light showering down around you. Mm-hmm. Um, I choose a color, any color that kind of comes to my mind first, and I turn that color into a light in my third eye in my visualization. And um, I put that color through my physical body to cleanse and purify anything that's that's stuck in my physical body. Um, and then I visualize roots growing from my hips down my legs out the soles of my feet and grounding myself into the ground. And sometimes I also put like a bubble of white light um, around me too, which is just like a protective white light. So it kind of protects me from other people's energies. Mm-hmm. To be honest though, um, this takes practice, especially like in my early days of doing this work, I used to take on a lot of people's shit and, and it was harder for me to shake off. But I've learned now how to do it um and sometimes of course that movement dancing is really good to shake off like a particular particularly um upsetting client because i do work with people with trauma and sexual trauma and Mm -hmm. different things like that as well um and of course like i'm empathic so that means i feel people's feelings so um i want to help people and it does it does get quite tough but yeah um i'm human as well so I still have days where I'm like, oh, but yeah, a quick energy healing and usually I'm, I come back and I'm all good. And also thanking my higher people, so thanking my angels, thanking my guides, thanking spirit for being with me and flowing through me. Mm-hmm. Um, with this work, it's really important that we have gratitude for that because, um, you know, they don't have to communicate with us if they don't want to. It's, it's one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds perfect. <laughs> And so, obviously, a lot of people know what psychics are, a lot of people know what clairvoyants are, a lot of people know um, what, you know, doing Reiki is. You mentioned how you really focus on the sexual side of things. So, how does that kind of come about? So, what what do you do? Is it, um, like, getting your sex life better or what's that all about? Yeah. Yeah, so it varies from person to person. Um, So, yeah, I... I decided to talk about sex after working with a spiritual um, mentor of mine. But um, for me, sexuality had always been like my too much. I'd always been that girl, like people would be like, oh, you always talk about sex. Like, why do you always bring everything back to sex? And I was always persecuted for it. And I had like a couple of slutty pants phases throughout my lifetime. Um, we all did, actually. I think. I, ho- I um, hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all we did. Um, and I think, like, I always felt like the slutty pants phases of my life had destroyed my reputation, and I always felt like it defined me. I always attached to the 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 idea that I was a slutty pants and like. And for me, I look back and I was quite imbalanced with my sexuality when I was younger. Um, I used to kind of use drugs, alcohol, sex um, as like my pick-me-up and to kind of like 
fix my problems but really like mask my problems mm-hmm. um and especially around self-worth and self-love I guess like I used to really seek validation on the end of a penis I guess um and I think for me when I spiritually woke up um I actually had a I meditated one night after watching <laughs> this sounds really weird but I watched me before you this um this movie and it's about uh, I don't know if you've seen it but um she falls in love with a quadriplegic and he um like they can't make love they can't have sex and stuff and he gets really tormented about it and I was meditating and then I was like and the message dropped through you know this is what you're here to do you're here to teach people to be intimate who struggle to be intimate Mm. and that's kind of where the seed sat but then as it morphed it changed obviously um but because I have a have a connection to soul sex I know that orgasm doesn't have to be physical and also sexuality isn't just physical so I guess that's kind of how how my message started but it it developed into this different thing so the way I do it in sessions um the way it works is because I'm intuitively based I tune into your energy um but for some reason this is just I believe that it's like my particular gift quite often information around your sexuality will come through as well and it will start usually it will start with life but they'll show me where the blocks are in your sex life as well Mm -hmm. so say say like you have somebody who's really stubborn in life quite often they'll be stubborn in sexuality too so if we're stubborn sexually we're not going to be able to have room for growth if we're say like our partner's stubborn stubborn sexually they don't necessarily want to be guided into how to pleasure you right so it's it's different different things like that can come up in sessions um or it can be maybe you're not listening to yourself sexually um maybe there's things that you want sexually that you're not verbalizing and I can see it on a soul level sometimes you don't even know that you want it but when we when I turn into you it'll be shown to me and I, I talk to you about it and we work through it um sometimes there are blocks in your sexuality maybe I have a lot of women who maybe have lost their libido for whatever reason mm-hmm. um but I can turn into that block and see why that is and what's blocking you is it stress is it is it um anxiety and also like educating the practical tips of course as well like that libido is a muscle you know it's something that we that we work on the more we work on it the more we're going to want to have sex the more we have sex the more we want it the more we self-pleasure the more we're going to want to have sex so and it's also like encouraging women to discover themselves you know and to discover this this connection of course men this work would be powerful for men. I'm just not there yet working with men. I mm-hmm. only do it on request and usually if I if I know someone who knows someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do believe that if we can educate our women, our women can educate our men. Do you know what I mean? Like, 100%. I just feel like there's power in that. Yeah, I just think there's power in that because I think a lot of blocks sexually, like, yeah, a lot of our men don't understand what we need sexually as women. Because for women, it's a it's a soulful thing, right? For women, sexuality, to be turned on, we're so much more turned on if our mind's turned on and if our soul is turned on and we feel connected to that person, even if it's a one-night stand. You know, it doesn't matter as long as you're still connected to that, to that person that you're sharing energy with because, you know, orgasm's literally a big burst of energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so 
it's just kind of trying to help educate women about their own self and educate them educate women to see how their sexuality is so important in their holistic health and i think as well um i'm writing a book and there's a chapter in there about centuries of sex and it's about um you know the women women timeline and how sex has been so suppressed for us um for centuries and it's about us recognizing those pains of our of our history and seeing that we're in this time now where we can be as empowered as ever and we can let go of that fear to really own our sex life and to reclaim it and i think there's just so much juicy power in in reclaiming that sexuality no that is Mm -hmm. so beautiful i mean even in the day-to-day world you know women can't speak about sex they can't speak about how often they've you know fuck someone or that they've had a one-night stand but men they can they can they're applauded for it they can like go you for having sex with all these different women where it's so different for us like we do have to we have society there that is shaming us for it so I'm so glad that you're there to kind of break those barriers for a woman and try and make them figure out you know Oh yeah, where they're going wrong. Where they're going wrong, or and what I guess can that's help? Why, yeah, and I guess that's why I started talking about sex, right? Because I was that slutty pants girl that was shamed for it. You know, like I think as well when I just before I went traveling, I had this boss, and he called, he called me a sausage gobbler one day. He's like, "Oh, you're just a sausage gobbler," and I was like, <laughs> "What the fuck?" Like, because I just kept talking about sex and stuff. And, like, I guess I was, I definitely was imbalanced in sexuality at this time, so don't get me wrong, but there was so much in my mental health that was damaged from, like, his words, but also, like, it wasn't just the sausage gobbler thing. There was so much more involved, but um, there's so many things that, like, I was like, fucking men, and I was starting to get a bit man-hatery and stuff because, you know, Mm. like, I've been having quite a few one-night stands. And I'd started to see this pattern in myself as well. And the more I meditated and understood myself, the more, and the more I reclaimed my sexual self, I could see it clearer. And I didn't have that heavy shame that I had once around being this bloody pants girl. Um, but when I was in the midst of these bloody pants phases, like my mental health was not great. You know, like some people are great at one night stands, but I'm a Scorps, you know, I'm Scorpios. We're fucking like, possessive and jealous and like control you know and uh, this is our shadow aspects and so for me like one night stands I tried to do it like a dude I always say like I tried to fuck like a dude and I just Mm -hmm. I just can't I'm a woman you know I I personally in my own sex life I need soul you know I need that soul connection and and like when I was having slutty pants faces I would never come you know I never orgasm Mm -hmm. so um, I, I know in myself now after the studies that I've done, it's because I was blocked, you know, like I wasn't connecting to these, these guys, like soul to soul. I was just connecting on a purely physical level to just validate my beauty, to validate my worthiness, which was so unhealthy. Um, but after I worked through these blocks, you know, like it's so much easier to, for a woman to let herself go into orgasm when you are connected soulfully. So mm-hmm. I guess that, that's a little bit about my journey anyway, but um, everybody has different sex stories, you know, like some people, everybody works differently. And I think that's why I love my work because when I turn in intuitively, it's not about me and it's not about my beliefs and it's not, well, not my beliefs. It's not about my 
my version of sex it's about the individual's version of sex and i love that because mm. it teaches me as well like how many how many varieties of sexuality and how many um diverse perspectives there are on sexuality because we're all different and we all have different needs and different um boundaries when mm -hmm. it comes to sex as well and it's so important to acknowledge that and not shame people for their own individual perspective on sexuality totally no i totally agree and like i said like I can't believe your boss said that. That's horrible. But um, yeah, it's so glad. I'm so glad that you're doing this work for those these women. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big learning thing. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah, it was. I mean, I look back. I think he had like a little crush on me. Eh? Honestly, like I look back and all my workmates used to say it too. And I mean, he was married and stuff, but it was just like fucking a bit dodgy and. Um, <laughs> I, but at the time, like in my book, I write about it. I was, I was sexing in a really unhealthy way, and you have to remember, like our it's law of attraction stuff. So law, attra law of attraction mm -hmm. doesn't just work with money; it works with sex, right? It works with sex and the people in our lives. So I was sexing all these these guys, and I wasn't treating them good. You know, like I was starting to get a bit man hatery, and I was like, you know, just just like I'll fuck you and then I'm leaving fine like and like really harsh and like this really harsh dude like mentality mm -hmm. and when I say dude like mentality like I know not all guys are like this but you know I guess like fuck boy mentality for a woman mm -hmm. um and I just talk about how of course of course I was welcoming like bosses in my life like that that were just super sexist and super um degrading mm -hmm. <laughs> because I was degrading men you know yeah. yeah yeah rude and just degrading um you know like it's like attracts like it's law of attraction um the same thing with our sex life and so that's another thing people can keep in mind you know like notice how you're sexing and notice notice how you're attracting the events into your into your life from from the way you are acting life like law of attraction stuff yeah for sure for sure um well one other thing I just want to touch on because I really love this about you as well yeah. um, as I mentioned you're a mum and your beautiful boy he's just turned one in August yeah is that right yeah 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 and yeah, yeah. um, I know you and I we talked about this a little bit um but when being intuitive and you know the clairvoyant and all that kind of thing with your pregnancy how did that kind of um, how did that impact your pregnancy compared to someone that possibly isn't in touch with the intuitive side? Yeah. Um, so pregnancy was rough for me, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, a lot. I always think, well, <laughs> I, don't, I didn't always think, but now I do. Now I was pregnant. Um, <laughs> uh, I think pregnancy is um, a time of a woman's life where a lot of things are going to die. So a lot of things are going to... Um, so you have to see life as like a cycle of rebirth, of death, and you know, without birth we don't, without death we don't have birth. So mm -hmm. I always kind of now I see pregnancy as a time where like a lot of shit's going to come up for us, um, and I think as well like there's not enough celebration in that, and I think that's why I struggle with people labeling women as crazy when they're pregnant like oh you're crazy hormones like no like our hormones are going nuts but i do believe there's a spiritual connection to that there's a reason why we're so emotional there's a reason why we cry so much there's a reason why it makes us feel crazy and we have to let 
go of all this shit. It's the same with motherhood as well. But yeah, during pregnancy, I found um, my first trimester was like grieving because obviously like, I fell pregnant um, a lot faster than I planned to anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I was grieving like who I thought I would have been by the time I got pregnant um, on a human level. Um, and then as I got into my second trimester, I think we had our first lockdown, so that was a whole other ball game. But um, I kind of started to rebalance a little bit, but I did start to do a lot of spiritual work on myself because I I could see all this stuff coming up. Oh, and I had, um, during my pregnancy actually, I had all the sexual trauma stuff come up. But um, so I didn't realize I had sexual trauma, um, but I started having it come up really strongly when I was pregnant and I do believe that it's because there's this really strong um, spiritual connection to pregnancy which is teaching us to let go of the old shit, to let go of the pains and the and the tough stuff. If we're conscious enough, of course, like this isn't for everyone, um, to work through the tough stuff because we're about to be, um, you know, a mother. We're about to hold the space for a new human to come into this world. Um, so, yeah, and in third trimester, I felt way better, but I was really, really good with my spiritual practices and um, did a lot of work. So um, I did a lot of work on the connection between sexuality um, and childbirth. So mm-hmm. my sexual fears, um, so they wouldn't come up while I was giving birth. So mm-hmm. how that works is um, because we give birth, obviously, through our vaginas, our pussies, um, and our our chakras, it's still, it's, it's a, yeah, our pussy. It's a sexual experience, you know. It's a sexual experience. It's not like an orgasmic sexual experience, but it is a sexual experience in the sense totally. that it's it's intense and it's using sexual energy and all this kind of stuff. It's not in a creepy way. It's just in a like real way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked a lot on um, being my fear of being seen because I was still quite afraid. I had fears around being seen, like, pussy out sexually, like, lights on, everything. Like, I still had fears around being fully seen, so I worked on that really hard so I could birth a lot a lot better. And my, I actually birthed at home, um, which was cool. Um, but I know everyone has different birth experiences, but for me, um, birth was a really spiritual experience, and... I think it's because I acknowledged that it was a spiritual experience and I just say that birth is like the biggest meditation session you're ever going to do in your life and the, the most important fear management experience because if you if you don't manage your fear in childbirth, that's when I think it goes tits up. It just, it's very hard to come back if you let your fear take over your, take over your mind when you're giving birth that. Yeah. I believe I managed it pretty well. Of course, it was still intense. I'm not gonna not gonna deny that. But yeah, um, yeah I'm I'm pleased with how how childbirth went. So. And you got me onto yeah. the um, hypnobirthing anyway. for my birth. I did um, hypnobirthing as well, yeah, which yeah. we did through the same lady. Yeah, which, did you? Oh my gosh, it was cool. Um, and I never got to talk to you about your birth. We haven't, have we? Maybe that's did. another episode. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No. But did, did hypnobirthing work for you? Hypnobirthing, um, yeah, like I'm not um, in touch with my intuitive side as much as you are, obviously, but I 100% mm. agree with what you said. Like it is, I feel like 
almost like I came out of my body and I watched myself give birth yeah. and hypnobirthing yeah. just incredible like obviously no pain like as you no pain relief um I really um, wanted to do it in the water mind. but we had, had um, a few issues with my son so we didn't do that but yeah. I, I, I say to so many people if I could I fucking hated pregnancy I'm gonna be one of those people that not yeah. many people say that my pregnancy was shit um and I'm going yeah, to do a yeah, whole yeah. podcast about <laughs> about that whole situation. And yeah, 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 if yeah, I could, yeah. if I could skip pregnancy and just give birth, happy days. I'd have like ten kids. Yeah. <laughs> um. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, it was. I was just saying my yeah, yeah, it was such a spiritual experience, and I feel that if you're not intuitive, that's probably the closest you're going to get to more. More so, if you're not awoken Absolutely. to intuitiveness, that's the closest you're ever going to get to yeah. that um being so vulnerable yeah. and so open and um not just your legs obviously yeah. but just everything it was yeah it's yeah, incredible. yeah everything yeah yeah and I think also it's a good thing to know for any like future mums and stuff like for me I always say to people talk to your baby in your womb mm-hmm. like people think it's so woo-woo and creepy and stuff but visualize your birth visualize mm-hmm. and communicate with your baby through your, through your, if you can't understand visualization, through your imagination, you know, imagine your birth going well and imagine your baby. And I, I spend a lot of time with Sky, like visualizing because he was kind of like posterior for a little bit. And that yeah. was like my biggest fear, especially in childbirth that happened. And I was like, fuck, manage your fear because I could feel it coming up. And so I always just say, it's like I pushed my human self back and let my soul self take over. And I was just, I just communicated with Sky. I wasn't verbalizing it. I was visualizing it. And I was just showing him, this is how you turn around. And even with breastfeeding as well, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know if it, you can't confirm, but for me it worked. Um, before I was even in labor, I, I was visualizing it with him, like teaching him how to latch on, you know, how this is how you're going to latch on and this is how we're going to feed, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anything, it's something to just try, you know, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. if you're if you're not spiritually inclined and you kind of think, oh, that sounds woo-woo as fuck, who cares, you know, like it's in your mind anyway, just do it, you know, just, just oh, try yeah. it. And um, yeah, yeah you're I so, think you're so visualization right. was huge for me in childhood. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. And like what, what can go wrong? Like you visualizing things and you having this positive mindset, like what's really so bad about that, you know, even if you don't believe in the whole woo-woo stuff. Um, and I did exactly the same. I'm visualized and, um, yeah, yeah, I honestly like rate it so well. And like I said, it's the closest I'll ever get to probably tapping into the intuitive side. So yeah, it's an amazing experience. If you let yourself treat it, like it's going to be an amazing experience. If you think it's going to be bad, it probably will be. Yeah. Um, but if you if you can work through your fear and work through the idea of pain, like I did a lot of stuff on that, um, changing my mindset about what was painful and what was just mm-hmm. intense. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there's so many elements. But, yeah, childbirth is amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. afterwards I was like, holy shit, this is an incredible thing. I just but, birthed um, a fucking yeah. baby out of my vagina. Like, fucking yeah. pack on my back. I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? I know, right? And then the first time you have sex after having a baby, you're like, I just fucking had sex after giving you back having a baby. It's amazing. Like, <laughs> it is. It's terrifying the first 
I'm right. Oh, it is so. Or even just taking a poo or a wee for the first time was oh so fucking God. terrifying. And, and then they get you to wee straight afterwards, and you're like, for me, they were like, just go and have a shower and have a wee in the shower, and I'm like, okay. And I just remember standing there like wobbly legs, like I don't want to pee, I don't want to pee. Everything's gonna fall out. Everything's gonna fall out. <laughs> Amy, this has been such a pleasure to have a chat with you and figure out <laughs> everything about this. It's been yeah, beautiful and great Friday night for me. Where can my followers <laughs> find you? Where can everyone find out more about you or book a session? Um, so my website is amydintuitive.com mm-hmm. um, and I've got social media so you can find me on Instagram. I think my hang is at, a, at I am Amy D um, and at Amy D Intuitive. So I have two just because one I talk more about sex and one I talk more about personal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think there's the same for Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, if they want to book a session, you can book online now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am in MIQ for two weeks, so I'm only taking like recorded readings mm-hmm. um, or written readings at the moment. So you can buy those on my shop online. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you can just email me at amyd@outlook.com, and I can book you. Awesome. <laughs> well, I will make sure I put all your details down below for anyone that needs it. But thank you so much, and I hope you have such a beautiful day. And it's been such a pleasure talking to you, Amy. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. All right. Love you. Bye. Bye. As always, guys, I really appreciate you listening to this conversation. To stay up to date with me and what I'm up to, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, leave me a review, and follow me on Instagram at laundrywithlala. Can't wait to chat with you next time. See ya.